episode 929 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, May 20th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? I am well. Uh, I like to watch the nightly no-hitter and <laughs> and hang out watching baseball. How about you? Yeah, uh, I had tweeted out the day before yesterday that uh, there had been, you know, the record for no-hitters in a season is seven. And there's four different seasons yeah. and that we were already at five <laughs> I had to update it again yesterday to six. Uh, how many no hitters are thrown this season? 12. Yeah, I think that could be right. This is, this is insane. I mean, I love it. it. I love, there's it nothing is. cooler than watching a no hitter. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like anti no hitter. No, I know people were getting like upset that the discussion turned to, you know, is there too many? Is this a problem? People are like, you know, you're raining on Kluber's moment. I, I don't want to rain on anybody's moment, but I think it's a worthy discussion to talk about, like, hey, we have six already. This is an issue um, in that we don't have enough hits in the game, but while still not taking away from the moment of somebody like Kluber having a no-hitter. And, you know, he's been a sub-three ERA guy now. After that, that after that outing, and he got off to a little bit of a rough start, and I'm sure people cut him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you look at Kluber; he had a 6.10 ERA through his first three starts. I mean, you look at those first four; he didn't go five in any of them. He was toting a 5.40 ERA. I guarantee you, some impatient managers cut bait. Yep, and, there, and I mean, there would have been reason too. I mean, he really whoops. struggled early on. I mean, in a 10-teamer maybe, but anything else, if you cut him after four starts, you shouldn't have drafted him because Corey Kluber consistently starts slow. So Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, I didn't I, cut I, him. I, think, I still have him in, yeah, the, in the three leagues that I drafted him in. Uh, I think it would have been bad to, to be cutting him there. But, yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't great. But it was Toronto twice, Tampa Bay, and Atlanta. You know, three, three quality teams – across four starts and then, you know, schedule smoothed out for him and he's beat up on Baltimore a couple of times, Detroit, Washington, and then a no hitter against Texas. So, he's, you know, like I said, perennially slow starter. What wasn't great in those first four outings, but also I didn't think was a complete disaster. He's been on fire since with Corey Kluber now, uh, like I said, sub three ERA at two eighty six and a one seventeen WHIP. You've been working on your SP rankings. You just put yours in. I had mine in ahead of this no hitter. Where did you end up with Kluber? Yeah, I had him. I had this my ranks in ahead of the no hitter as well. Uh, so I had him at fifty two. I had him sixty one. I think I'm light even even before the no hitter, mm-hmm. to be honest, because um, I hadn't really checked in on him. I was just kind of ranking him off off memory of like, okay, he's been fine, but not great. So I, I'm moving him up mine. Are you moving him up yours or are you sticking with 52? Yeah, I mean, I think every day I will be doing minor adjustments uh, and some major adjustments. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what we saw out of Otani last night is a little bit concerning. So he's going to move down the pitcher ranks and like... He'll, he... You're not encouraged by the fact that they didn't take him out? <sighs> No, I mean, I kind of, kind of am. Sure, I just, it's, I mean, guy coming off of you know first real season off of TJ, 
mm-hmm. you know, dealing with these velocity issues. Yeah, for those that don't know, the velo was way mm-hmm. down, but he still made it almost five, and the velo was down early. It's not like it was down at the end, and then they took him out. I, I, I was slightly encouraged by the fact that that he, you know, he survived. It, it wasn't great, and it looked really bad early. I thought this was going to be like a two-inning outing yeah. because of how bad the velo was. But in the end, I'm like, okay, I, I'm not as panicked by that because if he was in deep trouble, why didn't they take him out? Yeah, I guess. I just, yeah, just a bit concerning. And, like, you know, right now I had him, or right now I've got him at 43. I've got him ahead of Ryan Yarbrough and, and Matt Boyd and, and Zach Granke. Uh, and so he probably is going to drop below those guys, probably drop below Kluber as Kluber climbs up a little bit. So uh, maybe. Zach, I have Otani at 36. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so hard to rank Otani on a pitcher list. Because it's yeah. like how, like I kind of think about it in terms of like, okay, on Yahoo, where he's pitcher only, like where would I put him? That that's fair because because yeah, if I was gonna like balance, add in the hitting, like, he'd be like four, third, yeah, exactly, <laughs> like just, yeah, that's fair. Like, what well, what do you do? I, I I tend to lean more of like I'm trying to assess him as a pitcher without factoring in that you get the hitting, or like you said, he's definitely in my top five. Um, it, it, perfect transition, though, into Otani because I ran a poll based on our discussion last time about how we said we wanted him in the second round. Um, I think we're light. He's going in a ton of first rounds in those memorial drafts. Not yet. Not yet. I'm predicting it is what's happening. They haven't started yet. But I'm saying when they start, he's going to do that. I ran a poll first round, second round, or wow. third, third or later. Um with third or later, meaning that you're not getting him because I don't think he's going to last till the third round in any real leagues. Um, 43% said first round, 31% second round, and then 26% comfortable just not taking him. And for, for reference for people, like this is NFBC where it's it's virtually a weekly league. You can move hitters out yes. uh, on Fridays, but you can't move pitchers out. So you couldn't like move him from pitcher to hit, hitter midweek. Uh, exactly. I'm surprised by this, uh, especially because he's going to be UT only. So, like, that's uh, that that's very surprising to me. I don't think I could take him in the first round, and I honestly don't think he will go in the first round of 40-plus percent of leagues. I, I think he'll end up a, a second-round player. Which I'm fine with. I don't know that I would pull the trigger on him in the second round. Remember what happened to Josh Bell the last time we did the Memorial Days in 19. And he was he's no Otani. So I don't know, man. I, I will... Uh, I, I kind of want to take the over, or, or at least hitting the, the 40% mark that he hits f- uh, the first round in 40% leaves. I, I don't really want to do one of his legs. I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence, but like Holes like this make me just super intrigued to do one. I know, I know, <laughs> I, I, I do too. But again, I, I really think I should focus my time on uh, on what I've got going. I should probably focus my time on the twenty nine leagues I'm already in. But yeah, definitely. I think for for you, given uh, given your league count, I'm I'm not quite that high on on league count, but I do want to stay focused on what I've got going. 
Um, I really only have one dud right now, and it's it's been injury based. And one of those guys is already back in Yelich. And so, you know, as I start to get my players back, maybe that team will turn too. So, you know, I'm a, I'm off to a decent little start here. I'm feeling good. So, in the end, again, I haven't fully decided. And, you know, push come to shove. You and I will be like, no, no, we're not going to do it. And then, like, I ended up doing three of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> saying that you're not even going to do one. And then you I do I definitely three. won't be doing three of them just because – they're all they're all live drafts, like or, or live yeah, online yeah. drafts. So, uh, so you have to commit the three hours. Yeah. To do uh, so, but I can tell you, if I do do one of them, it'll be the Thursday. What is that? The 29th. Uh, so a week from today. Oh no! The, yeah, Thursday oh, the twenty no, seventh at eleven thirty Eastern. So if people want to jump into that one. Uh, that'll be the one that I do join if I join one. And God knows I will they, probably join one. They all jump into it and uh, get, box you yeah, out. It gets filled you up. Get yeah. <laughs> it's filled up with people wanting to face you. And they're like, oh, where's Justin? No, he didn't make it in. It's just us. A bunch of sharks together. You know, that's a good way to coax the sharks and then not join. All these like NFC NF- Every episode until then, I'm just going to say a different one. Yeah, yeah. Just get all these different groups and then... The one that you never mentioned mm. is the one that you and I joined. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm leaning no. I think you're leaning closer to yes. Uh, but check it out, Memorial Day Leagues. If your leagues aren't going so well and you do want to add a league, or even if they are and you want to add a league, of course you can do that. I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to stick with what I got here, but but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, we'll see. It's anyway, a, I mean, I, it's a 10K prize to the overall winner. And it was it was fun as hell two years ago. Mm-hmm. I had a blast, and I if I had the the misfortune of having Tanner Bell and, and Jeff Zimmerman in my league, so you know right off the bat I didn't win it. I actually finished third, and in these drafts, that's the bubble. Um, it does because uh, it only paid two spots because it's a shorter league. Usually a league pays three spots, but in this case, it was only paying two, which I understood. It's also twelve teamer. And I'm like, of course I finished third. And of course those two <laughs> steamrolled it because they're incredible. Jeff, you are a machine, dude. I'm so impressed with what he's doing this year, too. He's right next to me in the main. Like we we are bouncing, you know, between one spot ahead of each other, one spot behind each other. But, you know, Fangraph's representing there in the top 15 of the main. He's also in like the top 20 of TGFBI. Mm-hmm. He's he probably second place in Tower. He probably has a Rotowire online championship team that's doing really well. He's having a hell of a season. And he's a great player, so it's it's not really surprising. It's more just impressive. You know? Um, let's talk some injuries here, and then we're gonna finally get into our our in our struggling studs that we've been waiting to talk about. One of them actually graduated in the interim. Kyle Tucker was on that last week when we were gonna do the the struggling studs. But then I was busy on Thursday, so we couldn't we couldn't record, and I had to do uh, uh, the the fireside with Nick. So Kyle Tucker, you graduated. We got five other guys. But let's talk injuries first. Dylan Moore goes to the IL with a calf injury. I know he's got some steals, Justin, but there's going to be a lot of teams where he's like their fourth injury. Mm-hmm. How how strongly are you considering just cutting Dylan Moore here? I literally with cut five homers him. and eight steals. I literally cut him this morning in a league. 
I, I don't blame you, dude. Yeah, I, I, I have a, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a three sport league, uh, in which like I need to win <laughs> like the, mm-hmm. the, the, the baseball portion of it to win the overall. Uh, and it, uh, and, and I'm doing really well, but I've got a ton of injuries like a lot of other people do. And, and so I just, I just cut bait on him this morning. So I totally understand. He had been better as of late so this is a bit disappointing he was starting to get it together but uh yeah i mean he's a hard guy to continue to roster but he's also one of those guys we saw last year when he went on the il for a little bit came back and he was on fire when he came back so i think he's like your first scoop back up if you do have to drop him but yeah Yeah. i have no problem you know dropping him for like a donovan solano who came off the il or someone like that if you just need a body um, yeah, I, I think that's the way it's going to be is that somebody's probably going to end up picking him back up. It might be you, uh, but I think there's just going to be way too many teams that, like I said, he's their fourth injury and it's time to move on from Dylan Moore. Um, and then you reassess when he comes back because I mean, 168, it's like, yeah, you like the eight steals, mm-hmm. but isn't a 168 in 137 plate appearances, isn't that doing enough damage to counterbalance? whatever those steals are probably doing for you. Absolutely. Like, so it's, that, it's brutal. I mean, he, he's had a 270 on base percentage, uh, 168 batting average. Like, it, that that crushes you. Especially because a lot of the power, especially, has come recently where he might have been sitting on your bench. Mm-hmm. So you may not have gotten all the goodness. Yeah, if you don't even have the homers... Um, or even all eight of the steals, then I think it's even easier to be like, okay, you have to go. I'm tired of you. Yeah, because, I mean, let's see. Over the last two weeks, he was hitting 243 with three home runs, two stolen bases. So he slowed down a little bit, too, uh, even just over the last week or so. Because before that... 243 isn't terrible, though. Yeah, but, I mean, a week ago, he would, had been hitting 290. Oh, okay. So, okay, okay. Um, so he's even slowed. He's, yeah, because last three games, he had one hit. Um, so... But, yeah, I mean, this is kind of the concerns with a guy like this. I mean, he was always kind of profiled as a guy to be a short uh, short side platoon guy. Uh, and because he was so hot in the 60-game season, they were going to give him full run. Uh, and they continued to. I mean, he wasn't even sitting, uh, you know, very often. So I assume when he's healthy, he'll be back in the lineup and you want to go back and pick him up. But I totally understand if you can't stash him. That, yeah. I, I, that's exactly where I'm at with more. You, you'll know where your team, what your team's situation is, but don't be afraid to cut Dylan Moore right now in 12, 15s, obviously 10s. You probably should have already cut him, to be quite honest. Uh, Tyler O'Neill goes to the IL with a finger issue. Kind of annoying. He's been playing pretty well. And um, weren't you trashing on him recently? I think when you picked him up, I did. I was like, yeah. why? Why? Yeah, and I said because he's good at baseball. No, he's not good at baseball. But he had been. He had been. And he, he continued to be, you know, fairly decent at baseball. In yeah, spite of the last, fact uh, that he just doesn't like contact. Yeah. His last seventeen games, five homers, four steals, three ten average. Let me get this let me get the strikeout rate to be fair. Hang on. Eighteen. How about how about a twenty percent swinging strike rate? That's vile. It was a twenty nine percent strikeout rate, which for Tyler O'Neill, I'll take, to be quite honest. Like, I know that's a lot, 29%, but 
for where he can be, I'll take it. Listen, the volatility is definitely there, and you're going to have these these hot and cold streaks. That's why with Roto and a guy like that, you just gotta um, you gotta kind of set it and forget it if you're if you're committed to somebody like that, or else it, it becomes a Dylan Moore situation where you miss the goodness. He, he's very comparable, to be quite honest. And just because he's on an upswing. Um, doesn't mean that he he can't be cut. I think it's an, a similar situation. Um, you'd be a little bit, uh, you, you know, you try a little harder to keep him. But if you're piling up those injuries, there's a scenario where Tyler O'Neill goes. I think in 12 teamers, it's a lot easier to cut, of course. But in 15 teamers, if you're backed up against it, would you cut Dylan Moore? Or, I mean, uh, Tyler O'Neill? Uh, yeah, probably if I'm up against it. Uh, but I, I would try to hold on to him. I mean, some of the things he is doing uh, is very intriguing. He's using all fields right now, um, or prior to the injury, uh, hitting the ball hard. I I like what he's doing. I mean, he can't keep up. <laughs> that sounds weird to say. He can't keep up this strikeout rate. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because this 29% is like, that's not even good, man. But we're like, hey man, you, you, you're you're killing it with the strikeout rate. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, because yeah, the swing strike rate is nineteen point seven percent right now. That's scary. That's uh, so. And he's funny. swinging outside of the zone thirty five percent of the time. Uh, so I mean, yeah, things were gonna kind of crash down a little bit, but I mean, he could definitely be a guy who hits two thirty rest of the way, but with a bunch of power and some stolen bases, like. Would I be surprised if he's a 25-10 guy at the end of the season, depending on how long this injury puts him out for? Yeah, uh, well, assuming that the, the finger isn't a major issue. I think he, I think 10's selling him short. He's already got four. Not that you just pace that out, but I think uh, I think he could probably cl- come closer to tripling that, maybe you know 12 to 15. Yeah, it's, it's totally possible. Of course, now with a finger, when he comes back. Yeah, but they all wear those gloves anyways, right? I know, but some guys, they get nervous to run if they got finger issues because you, you slide head first on most stolen bases. So, um, not supposed to be out for more than a quote-unquote couple of weeks, according to John Mazeliak. You know, he's not an outright cut for me, Tyler O'Neill. In fact, the leagues I have him, I'm going to be hoping to keep him and, and everything, but I got to assess it. Um, if if he's the, the fourth injury, then I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. Um, that will be tough, though, because I don't want somebody to pick him up and, and use him against me with that power and speed capability. Uh, Mike Moustakis is out to the IL as well with a heel issue. He's you know he's the biggest name of these three. Are you automatically keeping him, though? He's actually uh, fallen on a little bit of hard times recently to where his slash line's down to 241, 337, 437 with four homers, striking out. Uh, his strikeout and walk rates are actually pretty good for Moustakis. So that, that's what gives me encouragement that maybe he's just in a little bit of a funk and that he would have gotten out of it uh, with time. Obviously, now he'll have to wait till he gets back. But is Moustakis, well, where are you prioritizing him as far as your IL players? I mean, I'm trying to hold on to him because he's triple eligible, uh, which is that's, yeah, so valuable. Uh, and, I mean, I believe in the talent. Like, you know, we weren't expecting him to necessarily hit, like, 270 or anything like that. He's he, he's the guy that I often, uh, or in the past at least, I have used as uh, my argument to why you punt batting average. 
because he's like the most difficult person to predict what his batting average is going to be year to year. Like you've you've seen, you know, we've seen him like in back to back years go from like two twelve, two eighty four, two forty, two seventy two. So, like, <laughs> I, like the the batting average is not the thing I'm worrying about uh, with Mike Mustakis because yeah. I never worry about it with with Mike Mustakis. But paying for power, yeah. The problem is like he's just not hitting the ball as hard as he usually does. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah, that that's the scary part. If you look, uh, the underlying numbers aren't particularly strong either with the power, and it's recent. Like he started off. Uh, you know, it's hard to parse down a uh, uh, 32 game or 28 game season so far. But, you know, he, he got off to a fast start with his power, but then it's really hit the skids lately. And now we got this heel issue. I don't know if the heel is something that just popped up or if it was bothering him eating into the power. And then they said, why don't you take some time off? I, I, I don't know been, which way it went with him. He's been day to day, like all year with a bunch of different things. Um, so, and so I just wonder just eating into that. Pop, yeah, right? I think I, I wonder if he's just been there's been so many nagging injuries that uh, he's just had a hard time kind of unlocking some of that power because there, there's nothing I've seen like in a swing or anything like that that makes me think that something is extremely different. Uh, so I'm I, yeah, I'm holding on to Moustakis for now. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, hopefully we'll get a little bit more information, but a heel contusion shouldn't be a major issue by the way this uh the trickle effect here is more nick senzel on the dirt to where uh now he himself is day-to-day right now nicked up but we're going to be getting into a territory here where he's going to have some qualifications that might start to carry over to next year at third or second um if he just plays straight up third base here in replacement of uh, Moustakis, then, I mean, he's got a good chance, I think, to to really push that uh, 20 games that he would need. He has, he only has three at third right now. He has eight at second. But it looks like, you know, just the way the season's going, that Senzel might add some eligibility uh, back on the infield that carries beyond this year. He's already added some this year. So, you know, it's it's kind of interesting there. I, I know he's he's been kind of frustrating himself with the day-to-day injuries. Mm-hmm. And the but, five uh, caught stealings. I was going to say, and the two for seven on the bases. I wonder if they're like, you have to start looking at us now. Your, your green light is now gone. <laughs> you now need to get the sign about whether or not you can go. I haven't investigated those to see, you know, has he been unlucky? Like, is he making bad decisions? What's going on? But that leads baseball. And two for seven is a quick way to get yourself stopped on the bases, but, um, yeah, you know, Senzel has not been great. Um, so it might not matter, but it is at least worth noting that he does now find himself more on the infield. And once he gets healthy, he's going to be filling in for Moustakas and we could see that, uh, play out down the line. Uh, all right, let's try, let's talk about some struggling stud hitters and what we're doing with them. Uh, or at least how we're seeing them. I don't think we're cutting any of these guys, Maybe you surprise me with a name or two, but for the most part, I think we're hanging on. We just got to decide where we're at, what we have, where our expectations lie for the rest of the season. So let's start with Marcelo Zuna, who's hitting uh, 212, 290, 339. It's uh, not great, Bob. Six homers, 17 runs, 23 ribbies. Again, you're not cutting Ozuna, but I wonder if you have any concern about the fact that he's in the national league, so he's having to play every day after getting the DH last year and flourishing with Atlanta in 2020, 
Um, do you, do you see any of that with 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 this fall off, or is it just a slow start? How have you have how have you seen Ozuna so far through forty three games of uh, pretty pretty uh, pretty poor work? Yeah, I mean there are a few little concerning things. Hard hit percentage is down, uh, but I mean he's got like a two sixty something xba. Uh, I'm sure I can actually find what it actually is. A two sixty one xba. Uh, his BABIP is pretty low. I think he's getting a little bit unlucky. Uh, on balls in play, I, I don't have a lot of worries on Osuna. I mean, my biggest concern is in them not being able to DH and that leading to like injuries, which have been an issue for him in the past. But in terms of like his overall profile, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be kind of just the guy he usually is, which is, you know, a 30-ish home run hitter with like a 250 to 270 batting average type guy. Uh, and so like, I don't think, I think people are just disappointed because they spent second and third round picks on the guy. Um, and maybe we were just a little bit premature on, you know, looking at kind of the last two years and going, oh, this is this is a, a surefire stud because uh, he's, he's, he's definitely not been that. And I don't think he's going to be that rest of the way. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's fair. Again, we're not close to cutting or anything. No, absolutely. Uh, None of these guys on this list should be a cut. Yeah, I, I think I we can have too. a discussion about like a, the last guy. Yeah, the last guy. But there's like he he he's one of the ones that again I feel really confident he's gonna be fine. Same. Uh, I, I didn't figure that you and I were were cutting any of these guys, but uh, yeah, well, well, the last guy is at least a conversation maybe in ten teamers. Uh, but yeah, with Ozuna. You gotta ride it out. You're playing him every day. You just gotta, you just gotta kind of let it, let it get there. Because here's the thing with a guy like that, he hit out of nowhere. He's gonna have a three homer night, and it that's not gonna fix his numbers, but it's going to turn them around very quickly. Like in one fell swoop, the numbers are gonna look a lot better. I mean, I feel like a three homer night would almost put him back at like a 100 WRC plus. He's at 72 right now, and so then. If you miss that because you're, you're benching him because he hasn't been that good, those are the things that kill you. If, if a guy like that, Marcelo Zuna, is not hurt, you don't take him out of your lineup. So uh, we're agreed there. Let's talk Lindor. Francisco Lindor has obviously uh, you know, been in the spotlight for his struggles because he moved to New York, and obviously they had a lot of expectations. The one thing you love is that the plate skills are still very firm. Um, he's walking – Almost as much as he's striking out, actually, there's the walks are up, in fact. And I wonder if he's, uh, you know, kind of slowed down at the dish a little bit, found a way to get on base with some extra walks there because he's at 13 percent, usually more of a eight to nine percent guy. Still only striking out 14 percent of the time. Three homers, three steals. What, what's your concern level one to ten with Lindor? Obviously, you're not benching him or ta- or cutting him, but you can still have a you can still have concerns about him. Where do you stand with Lindor right now? I'm a bit concerned about the power. Uh, you know, I mean, I think he's a guy who's being hurt a little bit more by the dead and ball. Uh, mm-hmm. Moving to New York is a bad move in terms of your power because uh, that is such a big uh, stadium. He's not, I mean, he's never been a guy who like really like crushes the ball necessarily. And so you've got to wonder if the combination of not crushing that and then those other factors in terms of the park factors and, uh, I think, yeah, I, I don't know that this is going to be a guy who's 
you know, the 30 home run hitter that we saw kind of previously. Uh, I think he's probably a, a mid to low 20s homer guy. Um, I think, yeah, I think that was a concern coming in, too, mm-hmm. that about the dead and ball and the move to New York. And it's playing out here. He's already kind of fronted the league nearly two months of, of play with, uh, and you know, with, with, with just three homers so far. And the Mets don't steal. The Mets have a total of 12 stolen bases as a team. So then he has a quarter of them. Yeah. And so, oh, uh, yeah, I'm worried he's going to turn out to be like a, a low 20s, like mid teens, a low 20s homer, mid team, uh, stolen base kind of guy this season. And I mean, he is, you know, getting some bad, bad bit luck, but some of it's deserved too. That's the thing. You can't always just look at it and say, oh, 202. Mm-hmm. He's uh, got a 228 X batting average. So yeah, he's not striking the ball well. Sometimes you're you're at the very least you're contributing to your poor Babbitt, yeah. if not outright earning it. I think in this case he's earning a good bit of it. The ground ball rate has spiked up to fifty uh, percent. The soft contact from, percentage is almost twenty percent. And and it was it was ten percent last year, and it's never been really above fifteen sixteen percent previously. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really up for Lindor right now. Again, you can't sit him. You, you got to keep him in the yeah, lineup. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's tough. Sometimes you just got to wear it. Like, I, it, sometimes that's a really frustrating answer for pe- people too. They're like, "Well, I want to do something." It's like, "Well, you can't. You just got to sit there." He'll and be wait. an interesting guy to see where he lands uh, in the memorial. In the days. memorial days, totally. He was a early second round pick by the end of drafts. Uh, my guess is he's going to go in like the ninth or 10th round. Where do you think Ozuna goes similarly? Probably around the same spot. And these are 12 team leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Keep that, keep that in mind. I mean that, you know, do you go in with a plan of like, I'm just straight up buying low and you start targeting all these sorts of guys, you know, it could be a, it could be an interesting strategy. Obviously, you have to buy some guys at the high end mm-hmm. in your first few rounds, but I, I wonder if if that's how many people are just going to do that. I'm just going to go straight up. Give me all the guys that are struggling that are three, four, five, six rounds cheaper from their uh, spring price. I think you approach and, it. And we'll see what's what. You approach it the way you would like with an early, you know, an injury in in regular draft season. So like. Like, if you were going to, like, take Zach Gallen in the 11th round, uh, you know, after he had gotten injured, maybe that's where you would take a guy like Ozuna or Lindor. Or if you were more aggressive on a guy like Gallen, um, mm-hmm. maybe that's where you're going to take it. But you definitely don't want to load up your team with a bunch of these guys because some of them yeah. aren't going to turn it around. Or they're not going to turn around to the level that you maybe it would expect them to. No, I, I, yeah, I think you can't blindly do it, um, because you're you're gonna you're gonna carry some duds there. But you try to find the ones that that you really like and, and see what kind of discount you can get. I think I think Lindor is one that I'd be open to if he is down there in the tenth round. I'm 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 not averse to uh to, to buying. Well, to buying let's low do there. a quick would you rather with with okay. uh, Lindor. So. Uh, you, you and I both have not updated our shortstop ranks. Uh, right. Would you rather Lindor or Tommy Edmond? 
You mean Tommy Edmund, baby? That's my guy. Yeah, that's really tough for me because, I mean, the speed. The speed. Well, and the quadruple eligibility. Yep. And his power is mm-hmm. not that far off from Lindor's. And even if you expect Lindor's to get better, we, we're, neither of us are putting it back to peak levels. So, how much higher is it going to be than Edmonds? Even if you give him an advantage there, I'm fine with that. But then I'm getting a big speed advantage. And I think. I think I'm probably still giving Edmund the batting average advantage, too. Yeah, I don't know if I'd give him the batting average advantage, but I'm definitely going to give him the speed advantage. Um, and I think the power difference is... I, I think they're going to be like right next to each other in my ranks. Um, what about Marcus Simeon? Ooh, I love what Simeon's been doing. I, I think you got to go Simeon, right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm sticking with Simeon. Yeah, I mean he was he was a great bounce back candidate, and he's running too. Like he's he's at seven already. I mean he's been a double digit guy. He was for five straight years. You know, obviously didn't get there last year with only 53 games, but would have easily paced for another season. And he's already at seven for seven this year. Yeah, I'm taking Simeon. What about yeah, Isaiah Kiner Falefa? Shut up. <laughs> Sorry, you know I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Next next guy here, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. It's my guy, man. He's, he's flailing. Uh, this was somebody I was huge on. It has not panned out. Uh, prior to yesterday, he had been on like a four-game four game multi-hit streak, starting to come out of it a little bit, uh, which is encouraging as somebody who is – Heavily invested in him. I'm, I'm keeping that close of an eye. Then I'm like, ooh, two, 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 and then three hits. Let's go. He did go for four yesterday. That's fine. I'll get. I'll give him a pass. He doesn't have to have a multi-hit game the rest of the year. But just in that little run, he raised his average from 195 to 228. So he's already he's already kind of getting back on track. Um, I do still have some faith in him. Obviously, you know, with as invested as I am, part of it's probably wishful thinking yeah. too because it's been real it's been really bad like there's nothing there to grab onto within these 152 plate appearances that that you're like happy about I, that is easy to say it's been it's been a, a wash but the only thing you can say is that his xba is higher than his average from uh it's a 228 average with a 240 xba that's like the one thing you can say has a little bit of positivity to it. Everything else has been a disaster. And yet, I do feel pretty confident that he is going to get out of it. I think it's just been a a, a bad streak. Like, I, I don't I don't have grave concerns, so I don't think this is a flop year for Gurriel uh, because I think he's already starting to play his way out of it with the last uh, week or so of games. Yeah, I mean, this is also kind of the downside of guys as aggressive as he is at the plate. Um. True. And he, he has, and I think he's what he's tried to do is swing his way out of it. And eventually, I think that'll work for him because he just is an aggressive guy. Uh, but he's walking 2% of the time. Uh, his, his O swing is 42%. Uh, his own swing Ooh, is, yeah, 75%. So, like, uh, like, but he's also making a lot of zone contact. So, 85.7% zone contact percentage is, is pretty great for a guy like him. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I think he's going to end up being okay. I, I think the uh, the batting average may be an issue, and I think we got a little bit uh, overexcited about what his batting average uh, floor versus ceiling is. I think this is a guy that's going to gonna probably vacillate a little bit more than maybe we thought about coming into the season. 
but I think he ends up finishing like being like a 250 to 260 guy. I think he'll hit 15 to 20 home run, 15 to 20 more home runs. So like I think the power is going to be fine. Yeah, um, I think uh, if he hits, if he ends up at 260, what you're getting the rest of the way is pretty good from Gurriel Jr. at that point. Um, if if he brings his bottom line up to 260. Oh, I was thinking more of that's the end of the end of the season line is 250 to 260. That's what I'm saying. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Rest of the way is is 250. You're saying rest of the way. Okay, okay. Um, I I can I can totally see that. I hoping that Babbitt can turn around. It's at 274. He's a career 320. If he can turn that around, then I do think he gets back into the 270s. That was expected of him. But uh, I would I would settle for 260 with the, with the power and then a little smattering of chip in steals and then of course good runs and ribbies being a part of that Toronto team. So I I still have like I said pretty strong confidence in him. Um, this is in this is in the realm of of what a negative streak can be for Gurriel Jr. I haven't seen anything that's fundamentally different that has me thinking that uh, we're headed toward an ugly season here. I mean he has a five percent homer to fly ball rate. And he was at 20% each of the last two seasons and 18% back in 2018. I think as that normalizes, his power gets back on track. Bottom line is, I think he's going to be pretty close to where I – I mean, I, I had him down for a potential like breakthrough season, like a full year hitting – You know, if, Yeah, if he just carried over what he did last year into a full season, then you were like, okay, I got more than what I yeah. paid for. That's, that's what I was hoping. For. Uh, yeah, I just I don't think the batting average is going to be there. I think the power will be. Like I think I do think he's like a potential guy that, especially playing in the park that he plays in, the division that he plays in, uh, and yeah. the amount of zone contact that he does make. Uh, I think that the power will be fine. I, I think ultimately you're probably going to end up with twenty, twenty two, twenty three, maybe even twenty five home runs type thing. But yeah, I do worry a little bit about the batting average. Uh, and he just really hasn't stolen yet. Now that could, you know, that could still happen. You know, he could still mm-hmm. get you five, six, ten, maybe even ten stolen bases. But it's hard to see them wanting him to run a ton in Toronto, considering well, the rest they of that let, lineup. They're letting Simeon go, so hopefully they let uh, they let him get some. Get yeah, some but Simeon's there. batting first and second. Guriel's batting sixth and seventh. Let him run. <laughs> let him do his thing. I, I'm, I'm now, here for I it. think. I think he's going to be dirt cheap, relatively speaking, in uh, the Memorial Day leagues. Yeah, I could. I think he's got a chance to be like mid-teens round type of guy. Probably, yeah. So I I would definitely buy low on that. I think even you with a lower outlook than me would still be open to buying because I think the price would match what you're, you know, what, what would be in a level that that you're comfortable paying. Am I, am I speaking on a turn there? No, I, I think, I mean, I think he's going to probably go in like the 180 kind of round, you know, 150 okay, so. to 180. So we're talking about like, you know, 13th to 17th rounds type thing. Well, yeah, 180 would be, would be 15th yeah. area. So yeah, I mean, if he goes there, sign me up. I'll get, I'll get more Guriel. Yeah. Would you rather have Guriel or have, um, this one's probably too easy. Uh, Trey Mancini. I love Guriel, but Trey, Trey's yeah, doing he's... his thing, and it's about to heat up in Baltimore. So I think I, I think I got to go Trey there. Uh, rather have uh, Robbie Grossman. Uh, 
Now that one's closer because Grossman, uh, uncharacteristic of the Tigers, but Grossman's running. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I'd rather have Grossman. The Tigers are seven. ninth in in baseball in stolen bases. Because he and Goodrum each have seven stolen bases. Badu has four. And another thing about that is they're twenty three for twenty eight. They've been super efficient, and so obviously that can beget more running. Um, I I think like Grossman's going to soar up my rankings because I think they're just turning him loose and he's getting on base like crazy. So he's only hitting two forty three, but he has a three seventy seven on base. So plenty of opportunities for Grossman to run. So yeah, I, as much as I love Gurriel. That's more pro Grossman than it is anti Guriel, is what is what I'll say about that. All right, next up is Eugenio Suarez, and like this one might be a quick one because for me it feels just kind of like a carbon copy of last year, where, you know, he got off to a brutal start, and I never really was that concerned, and he basically got back on track. The but time ran out. Um, you know, he hit. Uh, let me pull it up here because I know he had the big three homer game, but he was he was back on track. He had been getting back on track before that. Yeah, in his last thirty three games, he hit twelve homers with a nine forty two OPS. He'd hit one forty five, two eighty three, two seventy seven before that with uh, three homers. So he was struggling in his first twenty four games, and then in the last thirty three, he killed it. And like I said, the only thing that happened was the, the season ran out of time, or else I think. Suarez would have been completely back on track, and we'd have barely noticed that he had a, he had a slow start. This year, struggling again to a similar degree, except that the power hasn't faded as much. He has eight homers, but he does have an NL high 58 strikeouts. So it's 154, 230, uh, 346 is his slash line right now. I wish he was walking more. I'm not saying there's zero concerns here, but I'm just not. I'm just not that worried. He, he Suarez is a set it and forget it, check it at the end of the year kind of guy unless he gets hurt. And I think I'm going to get my uh, mid mid to high 30s home run count. I even think the average will get back on track and finish around 230, which is lower than it has been. You know, he's been a 260, 283, 271 guy his last three full seasons and then only 202 last year. But I'm I'm not too worried about Suarez. What about you? I'm worried about the batting average. I uh, I mean 174 Babbitt. That's I mean 186 X batting average. He's earning some. He's well, earning he, a lot of that. I mean it's it's saying like on some level you, you like double counting things. So like he's been bad. Like I, I don't expect a 154 average to really generate much of an XBA. So I'm not too worried about it from that end. It's a matter of do you think the 33% K and 8% walk are going to hold? The K is probably. But I think the walks will get better. The BABIP will get better. So I don't think he's going to be a sub 200 average guy. By the way, it's such a we talk about, go ahead. Just such a weird profile right now. Because yeah, I was going to say though, if we're going to talk about it with Dylan Moore, got to be consistent and say that you got the eight homers, but the 154 is probably yeah. it's counterbalancing it because he has 174 plate appearances. But again, I still don't think you can take him out of your lineup right now. No, I don't. I don't know that you can take him out of your lineup either right now uh because that's a lot of your power base <laughs> that you that you wanted uh and i mean this was a guy who was a you know third fourth fifth round pick depending on your depth of your league so yeah i i'm i'm a bit concerned like that he's gonna hit like 230 or 240 rest of the way 
which is definitely better than what he has been hitting. Uh, and I think it'll come with plenty of power. I do think he's going to hit 30 you know, plus home runs this season. Uh, I just worry that he's going to potentially like just crush your batting average and be very Miguel Sano-like as opposed to uh, the Eugenio Suarez that yep. we've uh, that we've kind of become accustomed to. He's another guy that I'll be very interested to see where he he, he goes in these uh, Memorial Day uh, drafts. I think some people are going to target him as uh, a guy that should bounce back, but I'm not as confident that he will. The Sano comp is very telling with Suarez. I think that's a really good one to highlight the fact that you, you can st- you, you still love the power, but the strikeouts are, are, are catching up. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, the average was bad last year, so now we're looking at 97 games of a down batting average, and you're still comparing it to four full seasons of of pretty good work. But is he going to turn it around? That's kind of the question. Um, and I understand why you're leaning no. I, I I think that there's valid concerns there on the Suarez batting average. Uh, what what do you have him hitting the rest of the year from from today forward? I'm gonna say 240. I'll take that all day. That's actually uh, that's actually not bad. Then yeah yeah. I I don't think I mean that's better than Sano. But he could be Sano. I guess is what you're saying. He could be, and he makes he makes a a good amount of contact, especially in the zone. Um, like he, he's not a guy who's like 84 point or sorry, 80.4%, uh, zone contact percentage. Uh, you know, he is swinging or he isn't making contact at all or not very much outside of the zone. I think that's part of the reason his, his contact percentage in general is being driven down. Uh, you know, I do wonder how much like the position change has had an effect on him. Uh, and I think it's something that it's so hard to quantify. Uh, you know, it seemed like they were going to like really play him at third, and then the last few games they've kind of bounced in between short and third. I'd like to see them. Well, that was because um, Moose got hurt and Senzel was hurt too. Yeah. So I think they were finding themselves putting Suarez back at short a little bit, but now Kyle Farmer's played there the last three games. And Suarez has been back at third. That, that's a good point too to bring up that like that could be playing. Yeah, I mean that, that has an effect on role. people. I mean we we you know when you're so kind of especially when you're struggling defensively, like mm-hmm. it can have a carryover effect to the offensive side. Not everybody in baseball can compartmentalize like you know their offense and their defense. And so a guy who is really struggling at a very difficult position you know, then struggles with the plate. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, like I said, I think he's going to hit like 240 probably rest of the way and hit you another 20-plus home runs. So at the end of the day, you'll be like, well, I didn't get the batting average, but at least I got the power. Um, so definitely not trying to sell him or or, or bench him at all, uh, especially in that ballpark. And, you know, you probably shouldn't have been necessarily expecting the batting average to get back to pre 2020 levels. You know, it was probably fair to, to have a little bit more of a tamped down expectation. 154 is, is beyond the pale of course, but if he, uh, you know, if he winds up in the two thirties, two forties, you'll be fine. Uh, I like Suarez. I'm, I'm still sticking with him. 
Uh, there are some ugliness. There's some ugliness in these in this 40 game profile, but it's not enough for me to say that he's fundamentally different and not somebody I want on my team. And then the last guy, uh, the reason that he might have a little bit of potential cut is that Alec Bohm doesn't really have a track record. We were kind of, you know, betting that uh, last year was the beginning of uh, of his of his you know career as a you know premium type player. And now it's actually kind of perfect to do this because the samples are darn near equal and you've seen the best of it and the worst of it. And he had a 410 Babbitt last year. I don't know that that was brought up enough when understanding, you know, that his line was inflated because of it. Not that anybody had him hitting 338, but he was seen as, you know, batting average asset who's going to hit for power. And I liked him too. So I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not like pointing fingers at people. I'm saying you, you can know, point him at me. I, I, I like it. Oh no, Still, no, I, I do too. So it's it wasn't even I don't even know that you were like aggressively higher than me. I, I liked Bohm as much as anybody um and thought he was ready to to go forward. But now you got 180, 180 plate appearances last year, 173 this year, and it's been a one thirty nine WRC plus down to a sixty two. Four ten Babip down to a two seventy eight. Twenty percent strikeouts versus twenty seven. Nine percent walk, five percent. So you're seeing you're seeing the two sides there. So what do you do in that case? The easiest thing sometimes is to just add it together, take a look at what it is. It's 283, 29, 411 is the the composite there. Is that in line with what you expect the rest of the way, or do you expect the power to turn up beyond that? Average not to get that high. Where do you come out on Bohm after seeing a a sample very similar to last year's in terms of size, but the results quite different? I mean, I think he's going to be fine at the end of the day. Like, I mean, it is what's what's fine though. The rest of the way, sorry to pin you on a number on that. I'm just curious. I, th- I think he's going to hit. At all. I don't know, 15 plus home runs, 270 batting average. Uh, you know, a, a good amount of runs and RBIs. Like, I think he's not going to be super sexy, but I do think that. Uh, and I, and when I say 270, like I think he's going to finish it at 270. Okay, like, so I think the hit, batting at you know like two ninety rest. Yeah, of the way. I think he's yeah two eighty two ninety guy rest of the way. Uh, I just I think he's just a very very good hitter, and I think he's I do you too. know I think part of the problem is he put so many ground uh, he put so many balls on the ground that you know sometimes they're not going to find holes. Mm-hmm. But he's hitting the ball hard. He's you know he barrels the ball at a decent rate. I, I think he's going to be absolutely fine. I think he's you know one of those guys that. There are people dropping him, especially in shallower formats, and I would be fine going and picking him up. Yeah. Um, again, he's the only one I think that has cut consideration, and I'd still be doing everything I can to not do that. I think he uh, is likely the, or I think he's the most likely of this group to hit hit come close to his original projections, though. That's fair because I think because all of, the batting average can drive so much. Yeah, because I think all of these guys were projected as you know, I mean, outside of maybe Guriel, were projected as like stars. Mm-hmm. And Bomb was always just projected to be just a rocks, st- you know, steady, solid guy. Yeah, not not over the mm-hmm. top, just you know, a, a firm mid rounder that you get batting guy. average out yeah. of. Yeah, absolute glue guy for sure. So I, I totally get that, and like I said. I would not cut him. You would not. Uh, Ten teamers, though. You know, I, I think in twelve, you really have to find a way to to still keep him. Though you you could be putting a guy out there, especially batting average can be so difficult. 
if you're cutting somebody who could feasibly hit 290 the rest of the way, oof, you got to have a really good reason for that. And it would have to be, I guess, that you're, you're, you're decimated injury-wise and you just need a warm body and he has to be the cut because you have, you know, four star-level players on your IL and, and it's just become untenable. But hopefully not. Yeah, I mean, the hard part is like, you know, especially at third base, it's third base is like proven to be kind of a really kind of deep position. Um, at first base, he becomes much more valuable because you have guys uh, that are either struggling or injured. Uh, you know, it's like, would you rather have uh, Alec Baum or Josh Bell? Oh, God. Yeah. Give me, give me, um, give me Baum. Yeah. Um, I could have put Josh Bell on here, by the way, mm-hmm. and I wonder if. I mean, let's just add him real quick. We got we got some time. Josh Bell, he's been an absolute nightmare, and this does carry over from last year as well. So that that adds to it, at least in terms of the uh, the concerns that people have. Let me pull up his numbers real quick here: one seventy three, two forty three, three thirty seven, with four homers. It's been a disaster in Washington in general. He's just he's part of it. It's not like everyone's been great around him. It's just it's ugly there right now. Their offense, you know, y- you could throw a shutout against them. And I know you've been working on your arsenal, but you know you're not a shutout kind of guy. I'm a very good extension. But 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 you'd be you'd be throwing a shutout against yeah. them because they've been terrible. Uh, again, you add in what he did last year, and it, it's it's just been a really rough uh, 85 games here. And the strikeout and walk rates are looking a lot like they did last year. So that, that elevated strikeout rate is what has me concerned. I think he can get he'll rebound from you know a 59 WRC plus, but I don't know that it's going to be to anything that special. I'm I'm really concerned about Josh Bell right now. Yeah, I think there's reasons to be very concerned about him. I mean, look, I mean, not only did he struggle last year, he struggled the last half of 2019. 19. I yep. mean, since uh, since the All Star break of 2019, he has 563 plate appearances, 22 home runs. Okay, that's fine. 217 batting average, two oh. 311 on base from a guy who walks at a double digit clip. Uh, I mean, he's just been bad since that first half of 2019. Um, Would you rather have Josh Bell or Jones Highway? <laughs> that <laughs> meme somebody made for us. How good, Was that man. in the Discord? Yeah. Yeah, that whoever did that, that uh, I can't remember who it was, but that was fantastic. Just, just utter. Indiana utter Jones dude. over a highway. It was amazing. It was, it was, yeah, so so good, freaking Jones Highway, dude. What what a stud! I'm glad nobody's um, corrected us. We can just roll with this. I, I I did look it up on. Don't tell so, me. I don't care. Okay, okay, but I, I will say when I looked it up when we first did it on the pod, they didn't have the name in there, um, the pronunciation. So they must have added it recently at Baseball Reference. But um, it is Jones Highway. We were we were correct. Oh, is it? <laughs> okay, good. Um, I don't. I don't care about. I don't care if you're sarcastic or not. Uh, I mean, in Josh Bell's defense, yes. Uh, give me anything to hang on. I mean, I don't have him anywhere, but he's, give he's the got Josh a Bell league. Something. He's got a league average zone contact percentage. Um, okay. Uh, so you know, in close to a league average, you know, overall contact percentage. So so let's let's uncover or dig deeper a little bit about why you you, you 
dig into that. Because if you're getting beat in the zone, mm-hmm. you're in you're in big trouble. Yeah, right? yeah. If you're just getting overpowered in the zone. Yeah. Um, especially because he's got a good eye. Like he's you know he's a guy that has a career you know almost twelve percent walk rate. Like he he mm-hmm. he has a real good understanding of where the zone is. Uh, his hard hit percentage on Statcast is fifty four point one percent. Oh, okay. Um, which one of those guys that's like benefiting from the extra exit velo, but it's not turning into anything. Yeah. Perhaps. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, part of the issue is in what we've seen kind of since that 2019 is that he's hitting the ball on the ground in extreme amount. I mean, he's at a 57% ground ball percentage this year. And I mean, it was 50, you know, 56% last year. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just on, on top of the ball big time. Yeah. So hitting it hard is one thing, but, but when you're hitting it hard into the ground, it right, doesn't matter. Um, especially when you don't have the speed to mm-hmm. leg out one of those grounders. There definitely needs to be some adjustments to his swing, and the Nationals had been trying to work with him on it after they uh, acquired him from Pittsburgh. It just, nothing is taken yet. Um, I think he's a guy that's likely to hit 240 to 250, uh, and I do think there will be some you know power to it, but... I don't think he's going to get close to what he was in 2019. I think he's probably a low to mid 20s home run, and the and the problem is Ryan Zimmerman's actually been decent. And oh my so, gosh, he's been he's been insane yeah. actually. Uh, so like he's going to lose playing time, which really caps the overall line because without it, you know, if there was a DH in the National League, they'd be DHing Zimmerman, and he'd be and sure. he'd be playing every day. But if he can only, if you know, he only has 76 plate appearances so far. And so at this point, you've got to think that he's probably going to be like a 400 plate appearance guy, which means he may actually have trouble getting to like 20 home runs. And that's the thing, too. You know, when he hit those 37 homers, Bell, like that was huge because he added a, a pretty solid batting average with it. And batting average has always been kind of something that he brings at first base with some decent pop. But if he's hitting low power and and not even bringing the batting average, I mean, that's that's a disaster. That's that's really a disaster. I think he has some some cut ability to make up a new word. Absolutely. Yeah, would you cut him in a fifteen-teamer right now? Depends on who I'm cutting him for, but yeah, that is like who who are you gonna like? Like I lost CJ Cron last week. Uh, You know he's back now, but like there wasn't (laughs) many people on the waiver wire in no that's Um, I mean, would you cut him from for Rowdy Telez? Who's only playing half time and he's struggling himself, though I think he'll be That's okay. That's the thing. I think he'll be okay too, but the the playing time is still going to go to mm-hmm. the playing time edge is still going to go to Bell. I, I, I'll say no. I don't know that I'll the playing no. time edge will still go to Bell with Zimmerman and no DH. But, I know, think they, fair, he, they could, I mean, at this point, and Telez got sent down, Telez has more plate appearances than Bell. Oh wow! And, and like you said, very important to point out that he was freaking sent down. Yeah. Okay. Well, and he dealt with a that. nagging injury. 
I don't know if I... I, I think I would enough. take Telez. Man, you might have sold me. That plate appearance thing is really... They're playing Zimmerman wait, wait, wait. a lot. No, Telez has 89 and Bell has 115 plate Oh, what did I see before? I thought I said 70... But they oh, I have... was looking at Zimmerman's plate appearances. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I apologize. But it's closer than anticipated still, considering that Telez was sent down, like you yeah. said. So that is still... Now, he could be sent back up. down again when Springer comes back. Yeah, if he doesn't get his game together, he, he probably will be. But um, I think that's you can do that. What about... Uh, I got a couple other guys here that, that are available on... Well, it's in my main event. They're... they're their roster rates are actually still pretty high for 15-teamers. But uh, Josh Fuentes at 95% roster rate. So I actually cut him because they had 10 of their next 13 in uh, away from Coors. So I moved on. Plus, uh, you know, I thought I was savvy picking up a full-week Wilmer Flores who hit a homer on Monday. And I'm jocking myself thinking, like, what a genius. I'm pulling, I'm pushing all the right buttons. And then he goes on the I.L. the next day. That's what I get. I got too big for my britches, Justin. <laughs> it happens. Bra- bragging that I made a good play there. Uh, but what about Fuentes versus Bell? Mm. Should Fuentes be 95% rostered? I, I don't think he should be. I think I thought it was kind of like an easy cut once they had a road trip. Like I, I didn't even feel bad about that, but now I'm seeing 95. percent I'm like, wait, did I mess up? I, I don't. No, I think, I think I those are people still holding on to him past that, you know, the home stretch. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I think he should probably be 70 percent rostered. That's his start rate, I, and I agree with you. That should be his roster rate. Yeah, because I mean, he's he's only 27 percent owned in the Rotowire Online Championship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so would you keep Bell over Fuentes, assuming that they don't like there's scenarios where if they have an impending home trip, you might consider Fuentes. But but all things equal, are you still sticking with Bell over Fuentes? I think I am, but I'm I'm very torn on it, honestly. I mean, I just don't know. I don't know where the uh, if Fuentes is playing pretty close to every day. Um and and it's still Colorado. I mean, he, you know, obviously they yeah. have more road games left than home games, but no, I think I would take Fuentes. That's wow, I can't believe I'm saying that actually. I I know. What about Cuz uh, the question becomes about... like does Fuentes lose time once Brendan Rodgers is back? And he's working oh, his yeah, way back. Oh, yeah, that is a good question. He is on his way back. they're huh? not sitting Ryan McMahon. So Ryan McMahon God likely no. moves to third. They're not sitting Hampson either. Yeah. Who's been playing remarkably well. So, yeah, I, I think in the short term it's Fuentes. In the long term it's Bell. Okay. Okay. What about uh, what about Seth Brown in Oakland, who uh, Colin Weatherwax and I have a little battle over, Mitch Moreland versus Seth Brown. But now Moreland hit the IL, so I'm – I'm, I'm catching a little bit of an L there. But the funny thing was we, we started this beef because I picked up Moreland in a couple leagues because they'd had a – basically for a warm body. Um, and he was like, no, Seth Brown. I was like, they're the same player. No, 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 Seth Brown, Seth Brown. They literally have the same exact LPS right now, Justin. 713 on the button, these two guys. So, uh, you know, they're the same player. But anyway, Moreland's hurt. Brown's playing. 
Would you go Brown or, or Josh Bell? Seth Brown or Josh Bell? Um, hmm. Seth Brown batting two. Yeah. Often. That's right. He's. Yeah, but he's a strict platoon guy. True. That I mean, that if, still might be okay. <laughs> uh, and again, as you highlight, is he dual Bell's eligible? PA, yeah, I think he's dual. It, it is outfield first base. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would take. I would think I would take Seth Brown right now. Again, short term. Short, yeah, short. We're talking short term there. Because Bell's gonna have a role uh, all year. I just, I think in the short term, he's struggling and sitting. Sometimes you're gonna, you're gonna take, uh, you're gonna take the guy who's playing. And, and those are fifteen team considerations. In twelves, you're gonna have more robust options. I think in twelves, Josh Bell has to start hitting some wires. Like, yeah, I mean, I, it depends on how active your twelve team league is. Because like, there's a difference between your 12-team home league, and your 12-team NFBC league. So, because, like, you know, I go over to, like, you know, I think it's our Rotor Wire Championship. Or, no, it's it's it's, it's just, the B, I think, the B. Justin Mason League. And it's, like, there's not a ton of great options available at first base. Um, That's true. I'm, look, I'm looking now. They're actually not. I mean, Fuentes and Brown are both there. Sano is available then, in, my, in my other one. Um, Scope. Yeah. And he hasn't been that good. Yeah, I think I'd still Maybe take. On just I, I think I would take options. scope over him, though. I think I would too. He also has second base eligibility, mm-hmm. which you know it helps. Yeah, it helps. So, um, yeah. Bottom line, that's our biggest concern is Josh Bell out of these six players by a landslide. The other guys we didn't even really talk about even cutting. Uh, Bohm was the only other one we even gave a little shred of light to it for, and we both said that we still wouldn't cut him. Um, Okay, well, there's some struggling studs. It's not easy when you got these guys, especially you know the the, the first five that we just said. You basically have to ride it out, but uh, he, there's still a lot of time. And I know we've made this point a few times already this year, but if, if you're if you're still in that 2020 mindset, don't forget the season would be winding down if it was 2020, right? We were we're getting near the the two month mark. And uh, we're just getting going in a, in a normal season. So there's still tons and tons and tons of time. Um, Justin, have you done any waiver work yet? You mean for this week? Yeah. I have not. I'm a little bit behind. I think, uh, yeah, me, me too. But uh, I think maybe we can start a, th- a new Thursday segment going forward where we just try to just try to have like a waiver guy or two that we're looking at. Throw throw some names out there for the folks that are doing the early work. We don't have to have it this week because I didn't get prepared either, but I was just thinking maybe we can make that a new Thursday thing starting next Thursday. Yeah, and we're going to do our little streamathon thing here in a little bit, right? Yes, we're going to be in the Discord watching. Dude, we got so screwed. <laughs> it was supposed to be Barrios canning, and they completely turned it to put those two starting second, and now we get Thorpe Cobb. And we lost Trout, you know, due to injury. Because, um, you know, I picked that game because the two starters were intriguing. You got Trout Otani, Nelson Cruz, you know, a lot of fun players. And we lose both pitchers and uh, Mike Trout. Like, and our luck, Otani's going to be, like, sitting today or some dumb shit. Uh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm looking up today's lineup as we speak. I'm going to. I'm gonna cry if that's the case. Let's see. Uh, I have not. I, oh, no, no angels lineup yet. So okay. okay. Uh, as as of now, uh, the the twins lineup is out. 
So are Cruz and Donaldson playing at least? They are. Is yeah, playing yeah. on the heels mm-hmm. of his three homer game yesterday? Yeah, they have okay. their uh, their kind of normal ish. Rob uh, Ref Snyder, I did not realize he was still in the league. Uh, center fielder. Is for he the playing Twix, center? So. Oh my god, dude! That's that's hilarious. That's hilarious. But yeah, we're gonna be doing that on Patreon. This is the the first week of that. Obviously, this will be out. Um, maybe if you're listening to it on, depending on when we get it, it's probably already over. That, but going forward, a day game once a week. Gonna be getting in the Discord, just hanging out. This is seven in the game too, so it's a it's a smaller commitment if you don't have. Plus, you can bounce in and out like nobody's. Yeah, obligated I'm not to, gonna be staying in the whole time. Yeah, and like nobody's obligated to even talk if you just want to watch the game because I can stream it off my computer here, and it's not uh, like a terms of service thing because it's private. We're, we're all just hanging out in there, so it, we'll be doing that on our some, Patreon. We don't have a lot of interesting op- options for next week, but because it looks like the only game at 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 three Eastern is uh Royals race. Unless we want to start a little bit earlier for it. We, we, we can maybe do earlier. Like to be honest, I wish that, uh, that Molly Cueto game, y'all's game right now would have been a little later. It was 1135. That would have been nine thirty-five for you and the other West coast folks that felt too early. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking like noon is the earliest that I can go on one of these. Yeah. So we'll I, probably be doing Royals, Royals race next week. Yeah, Maybe we'll get I, lucky ideally I'm get going like for a two, three o'clock. What's what's Wednesday look like though? I can do a Wednesday day game ooh, too. A Wednesday day game. Um, let's They've see. Got, ooh, Carlos Martinez, Carlos Rodon at one o'clock. Ooh, I'd be down for that. I think I think we've already got our next week's game. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds that sounds good. And we can check in on Gilbert Caprillion that starts at two thirty-seven. Um, so by the time that Martinez and Rodon probably out of the game. We could jump into a little bit of Gilbert Caprillion. So that's for next week. So again, join our Patreon. It's, I believe, the 420 level to get into the Discord. Yeah, because we're and, child. Um, or children. Yeah, we're absolute children. And so there you go. But uh, Justin, great speaking with you. Have a good weekend. Good luck with all your fab. And I'll talk to you next week. Take it easy.